Burbage. <sighs> Pepsi Max. Oh, there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm on the coffee tonight, Derek. Just <laughs> I, I know it's going to be a late one, so. I've got a coffee and a Russell's burger waiting for me later. <laughs> you still eating the horrible Russell's burger? Absolutely. Oh my god! I've moved on to to, to order a just eat kebab type thing when, when I'm drunk now, rather than a Russell's. So <laughs> I don't know what's worse. Maybe <laughs> you're the only person I know that used to eat them as well. But I'll still there do. you go. <laughs> right. Well, I'm ready to go, mate. If you're uh, if if you're ready to go as well. Aye, because this is going to be a long one, I think. <laughs> and I wasn't talking about anatomy. Seventy <laughs> fifth yep. minute, the Arfield keeper. The Arfield keeper. <laughs> Fuck's sake, the Antwerp keeper. So as ever, you can check our stuff out at. I, what is the fucking website called now? I read the podcast. <laughs> I don't even know. That's handy. <laughs> The stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Manchester, brace yourself. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the I Ready Podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Derek, and with me is my co host, Dave. How are you doing, Dave? Good evening, Derek. How how are you, pal? How's the how, how's the heart holding up after that game tonight? It's still sitting round about one hundred and ten minutes per minute, so it's it's went down slightly. <laughs> it was quite incredible. I know we're going to speak about it a little later on, but we, you know, an incredible result for us. But we we, we don't do things easy. We do do we? But uh, as I say, we'll be we'll be speaking about that soon. Eh? Absolutely, yes. Got four games to cover tonight. Oh, I'm exhausted, Dave. I really am. I don't know why I do this now. <laughs> My son actually told me tonight, near the end of the game, that I had to calm myself down. Now, when, <laughs> when, when your 14 year old son's telling you to do that, you know that you've got a problem, Derek. But I don't think, I think there was thousands and thousands of other bears out there just like me that were feeling exactly the same thing. We had, you know, just a, a, a few minutes to go there. But uh, I, as I say, I'm just starting to slightly calm down now. So yeah. I'm good to go. Well, we'll get our blood pressure going <laughs> up again shortly. So <laughs> don't worry. So. We better start off and go down the tunnel and onto the pitch. So the first game we've got to cover was on Wednesday the 3rd of February. It was a 1-0 win at home against St Johnson in the Premiership. Two changes from the Hibs game where Roof and Hadji come in for the suspended Morelis and Kamara. Wearing black armbands as well to honour the sad passing of captain Sir Tom Moore, so that was a good gesture there. Unfortunately though, Rangers had updated RTV and had left a lot of fans locked out of it. Fortunately I was okay. I think it may have been affected that the season ticket passes rather than the actual RTV subscribers yeah because uh, I, I was fine with it as well Derek so I, I, I think you're probably right there I think it was more to do with the season ticket rather than just the one-off games because yeah. uh, as you say 
that was the sort of common thing and complaint that I heard and it was for guys that had got the season tickets as well So Obviously no good for any fan being locked out like that you can imagine the company would have simulated load testing and things like that but it's poor, it's really yeah. poor and I don't think there's any best time to kind of put an update in place without testing it out with, with actual customers so unfortunately it's one of these things that they need to go through but fortunately it seems to have been sorted yeah. now So we lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson Hellander, Barisic, Davis, Jack, Aribo, Kent, Hadji and Roof. On the subs bench were McLaughlin, Bassey, Wright, Itten, Zungu, Patterson, Kamara, Stewart and Balligan. So, first half overall, relatively poor first half. Granted, St Johnston were playing with every man behind the ball, but we were slow and pedestrian at times, yeah. like once again, not putting their defence or keeper under much pressure, which was a disappointing thing to see. Yeah, it, it was, Derek. As, as I say, I think we've been used to a lot this season, you know, coming out the traps straight away, haven't we? P- putting teams under immediate pressure and a lot of the times it worked out, but it just, you know, it wasn't. It was very lackadaisical in the first half, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. On the 12th minute, it was a long diagonal from Goldson into Rebo in the box. Lovely cushioned header to pass to Kent in space, who picks up the ball, drops the shoulder, shimmies inside and has a shot, but just wide of the right post. 18th minute, St Johnson worked the ball into the box on the right-hand side from a throw-in. Hellander didn't clear it. St Johnson attacker barges in. Ball appears to hit his arm, but nothing given. He got a shot off at the near post, forcing McGregor into a save with his feet at the near post and out for a corner. Again, a potential foul for a handball. Nothing given. Yes, again. yes. 21st minute, Roof shown a yellow card for a foul. He did stand on the ankle of the player in an attempt to shield the ball. There was no malice intended whatsoever. Was it a bad challenge? Yes, it was. Was it a booking? Yes. Was it a red? A lot of people said it should have been, but not in my eyes. No. Uh, I think too many people were trying to be diplomatic in this case. Yeah, I, I would say so. It was a bit harsh, Derek, and you know I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think it was a a yellow, but as usual, the sort of trial by sports scene that, that we keep seeing slowing it down as much as possible to make it look as if there was like total intent there to, to do some damage. A, a lot of nonsense. So no, I think uh, yellow card at most. I think. Yeah, so the referee did deal with it at the time. We will get on to what happened after yeah. the game, though. 32nd minute, ball on the left, past the Rebo at the edge of the box, uses his strength to fend off the defender, manages to turn and put a cross in that was deflected. Roof got his foot to it, but it put it wide. 38th minute, free kick by Tavernier, played low into the box on the right side. Goldson gets the outside of his foot to it and puts it wide. Should have been in. I, I don't know why he was trying to hit that ball with the outside of his foot. It was probably surely easier to hit with his last yeah. tip of his toe yeah. or something. Um, 41st minute, long ball played into the final third of the St Johnston half Defender tried to head it clear but Kent was alert and nipped in Robbed the ball from him, he passed it forward And then we seemed to stop which allowed St Johnston to regroup And our advantage was lost Really poor and it's been a, a sad feature of our play Where we have the advantage granted, granted maybe not the numerical man advantage But we just hold up our play and it allows them to regroup So we need to start again And it's a continual cycle like that I, I don't know, just... There was a a case tonight where you could clearly hear it because there was no piped noise where there was a shout from the bench when Goldson got the ball forward and he looked to, he, he looked as if he was going to turn back and pass back to McGregor but you could hear it no go forward go forward and they just turned back and went forward that's the kind of more forward thinking play we need yeah yeah, as Derek, we'll, we'll get into there's a, there's, a, there's a player that I want to speak to you about later on, if I still remember, and I think it's been a a, a trait of his play uh, a lot this season. Uh, I think you know who, who it is I'm going to talk about, but I'll, I'll let you go on with the match just now anyway. 
So that ended the first half. I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't it no. wasn't the worst either. Uh, we just needed to put their keeper under more pressure, which again, from January onwards, it's kind of been similar, hasn't it? It has been. We've have gone. The one positive thing, though, Derek, is we've still been managing to scrape wins, and we've still been very, very solid at the back, which has been a our saving grace, hasn't it? And you know, I was still hopeful, you know, that we would eventually get the breakthrough in in the game. It's, uh, but I, I knew that it wasn't going to be a high-scoring game. I thought if you know, it, it would maybe just be a, a one at that point because we did look a bit disjointed every time we were going forward. Yeah. So into the second half, on the 48th minute, on the right-hand side, Davis holds up the ball in the box, lovely flicked into the middle of the box to the on-running Hadji, who has a shot, but it was saved from the keeper. 49th minute, Tavernier on the right, just outside the box, whips the ball in, bounces right in front of the keeper, who makes a save. I don't think he knew much about it. And unfortunately, on the 52nd minute, Hadji made it 1-0. Ball played to the right, outside the box, drives into the middle with intent, hits a shot to the right side, and outfoxes everyone into the back of the net. Just a brilliant individual goal from Hadji there. Excellent, and he's—I um, mean, he's, he scored. You know, his he's famous goal against uh, Braga, Derek. It wasn't quite as spectacular, but very similar in his movement and his position and where he actually hit hit the ball. So, no, it was an excellent goal for him. You could see his intent straight away. He's got that ability to be able to run in an engine just just un- unleash a shot and it was it was an excellent goal well placed it, it wasn't a rocket but the, the accuracy was was the best thing about it placed it right in the bottom corner so absolutely fantastic goal and you know I, I, it's an old saying but a goal worthy of, of winning a game and you know that you know that's what it did but no it was it was excellent Yep, 66th minute, roof off and it and on. 70th minute, a quick break by St Johnson, work to the left side, quick inwards pass, finds their attacker from 25 yards from goal who hits a shot and a big block off McGregor. The ball wasn't cleared properly and we allowed their attacker to run in and take it into the box. He beat two players and hits a shot, another big one-handed save on the deck by McGregor. Really poor, allowing them to waltz through us like that. There's been occasions where when we do have lost goals this season, it's been because of poor marking, which we'll get into in the Antwerp game. Yes. and also for a defence that's solid and who puts the challenges in sometimes they just allow players to walk through they're too, it's almost as if they're too scared to put the challenge in we've highlighted it before and it's, it's a feature of our defence unfortunately but how can we how can we have a go at our defence when we've, we've been so good this year? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's maybe a wee bit lackadaisical or not or it is just like what you're saying Derek maybe they're, they're thinking to themselves if I put a, a challenge in here you know, there's going to be a, a good chance that we're going to get, get, give away a foul or a penalty or something. I don't know. It's maybe it's maybe in in, in the back of their minds. But I, I, as I say, I, I, I tend to go with the sort of more lackadaisical side. They're maybe thinking to themselves, "Look, we've got this sewn up, and uh, you know, we've we, we've been let off the hook a, a couple of times now, and there was a few times in that game as well." Yeah. 81st minute, Hadji off and Kamara on, and that was how the game rounded off. So, it's like a lot of the games this second part of the season, uh, they've been perfunctory, they've been fairly comfortable, not a lot happened in front of our goal, McGregor's pulled off the saves when he's needed to, and ultimately, bar a couple of chances, it was relatively comfortable, just we needed to work their keeper more, but... You know, not if, as we keep saying, not every game is going to be glamorous and run out five five one nil winners or anything like that. So we'll take the three points any which way we can get them. 
Derek, there is no team in world football that goes on to win a championship that doesn't win games 1-0 or 2-1 a lot of the time uh, during the season. So it's all about us winning. It was all about us keeping another clean sheet, which we managed to do. So, you know, games like that don't worry me at all. As, you know, as, as long as we've still got the momentum and we do to keep going and keep get, you know, getting the wins, it's all that matters. Yep. So the controversial moment here we'll need to talk about is Roof. He was hit with a notice of a two-game ban. When asked about it in the, the press conference a few days later, Gerard stated that he hadn't thought at all about it because he, he was booked at the time and he thought that was it because the referee had dealt with it. But once again, we find that this is the second time this year where as you said, trial by sports scene, yep. our games have been re-refereed, which yep. is absolutely fucking disgraceful. Rangers appealed and in typical fashion, they lost. Um, contrast that though with Celtic at their game uh, against Kilmarnock at the, on the same weekend. Brown should have been sent off for a clear elbow. He then popped up a few minutes later to score their first goal. Yeah. Their second goal was a blatant die for a penalty and their third was about two yards offside. So refereeing decisions and linesman decisions once again going in their favour and not getting picked up. Brown never got a notice of a ban. They were, that was specifically said they won't face any further action. Ayeti, who did dive for the, the, the goal for, for to win their penalty, was offered the ban. They appealed. Kel surprise, the ban yeah. got lifted. For, for what reason? So this is what I don't understand. So you've been given a notice of complaint to say that you've dived. Then the panel look at it again and the, it's a case of, nah, there's no evidence there. Just it's, quite, it's, it's absolutely incredible. What annoys me is the fact that we, we get told that the Rangers got all the decisions not out there. That is a complete farce. That is them basically not knowing what the, the, the rules are. Roof had been booked. The referee had dealt with it. That, you know, by the, the law of the land is, is the end of it. But it's just, uh, it, it's absolutely baffling. And we, we all knew that it was going to come, Derek. We, we all knew there would be such a stink made about it that for so you know for some way it would end up at the compliance officer and it, it would get reviewed. You know the manager what he said about it as well. What Stephen G- Gerrard said it was it was absolutely right. It's a complete farce, and you know for that mob on the other side of the the city to keep saying that they've not had anything this season, you've hit the nail right in the head with their game in particular. I hate to, to talk talking about them Derek but when we're talking about instances like this it's it, honestly it's quite incredible isn't it I mean the, I think there's about four or five games in a row now they've had game changing decisions Aberdeen should have had a penalty against them in the last game there but for a clear handball which the referee was right in front of clear unobstructed view was never given to Aberdeen so as you said they, they, they claim that they never get decisions for them but they always oh. do I mean all we ask for is consistency not special treatment not any favours as Gerard pointed out worse offences have went unpunished in both the game and afterwards in terms of the compliance officer. As I said, it's now the second player from us that's been given a ban despite the ref dealing with it on the, on the pitch as well. And this is the thing about the compliance officer and the disciplinary procedure. It was only meant to be for violent incidents that the referee has missed. So in respect of the Morelos one a few weeks ago where he's made a stamp and nothing's been done, that's that's fine. That's As Gerard say, we, we can't defend that one. He's been at fault there, so we have no issue with that one there. However, this one, the referee dealt with it at the time, and it was clear there was no intent to go for the player at all. It wasn't violent. It was a mistimed, bad challenge. 
the player wasn't even injured from the challenge as well. You've got to bear that in mind. Yep. So it's it's baffling. And then what was even funnier about it is the media and then fan outcry was laughable because you and Murray for a start and that <sighs> absolute no mark Tam McManus, all their take from this was that well, so Gerard's admitting that in three games they should have been down to ten men early on in the game, but they got away with them in the game and they ended up winning the games one nil. That is not the point, <laughs> is it? You and Murray is now starting to become a new version of Chris Sutton. He is trying everything that he can to just get a wind up to, to get a reaction. Derek, he, he, he was doing it the other night as well, popping up all the time. Again, I'm going to treat him with the same contempt that I do with Chris Sutton. He's just a wind up merchant that's looking for for reaction to his tweets. So I'm not taking him seriously at all. As you say, who the fuck is Tam McManus? What, what's he got to do with anything to do with Rangers? Absolutely nothing. Showing his true colours yet again, trying to stir up shit as normal. Uh, I, I really, you know, it's, it's just a, it's, it's a farce. But unfortunately, these people are getting the, the limelight and they're getting, you know, plenty, plenty of coverage. Uh, it's just that kind of, it's, it sickens me that, you know, the folk, folk like that are just desperate to try and put, put the boot in all the time. And as you said, what uh, Stephen Gerrard said was absolutely nothing like the way that Tam McManus was trying to portray it, was it? Absolutely nothing at all. And what's funny is that, remember the Dundee United challenge on Morelos, which left a big gash in his leg? There mm-hmm. was a shot from the, the training the other day there, and you could see he's got a visible scar there. So yep. a player has been left visibly scarred, no retrospective action, never mind no action on the park. It wasn't even deemed a foul at the time. So this is the kind of shit we're talking about here. Yep. In terms of the compliance officer, though, I would have kept this for the news, but since we're talking about this, the SFA have announced a new compliance officer. Andrew Phillips starts the 1st of March. He's a solicitor, was a solicitor advocate in criminal and regulatory regul. That's easy for me to say. Criminal yes. and regulatory defence at a Glasgow firm, and is uh, able to practice law in New York State as well. So, the only thing that they never said is what school did they go to. Well, Derek, there's al- already <laughs> been you're you, you're you're joking about that, but the amount of tweets and things that I've seen today that apparently is a a rabid blue nose that's out to do everything he can to get Celtic, you know that's that that's the 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 story's all already. It's uh, quite incredible. There's folk had had them been members of certain Rangers supporters clubs and things like that. Just just the, all, all the usual, but. We'll, we'll wait and see how that pans out, Derek. It's, uh, it surely can't do any worse than the last compliance officer, surely. Do you know something, Dave? I really don't care if they were Celtic fans or not. It's We're just looking for a balanced playing field. And if you cannot be uh, completely impartial in, in your job despite of who your allegiances may lie with, then you're not fit for the job. And this is the thing about the compliance officer is if you are going to re-referee games like that, then as it's been said in other podcasts, why are they not looking through the games at the, at, on the Monday? That's their job on the Monday because yep. I don't understand how much or, or what they actually get paid for. Do they just sit about waiting for somebody to email them? I mean, I think McGregor might have caused the last one to, to do overtime, but... Um, I think they just contact Radio Clyde, Derek. They, <laughs> yeah. they tell them, you know what I, I mean? I think so. Uh, quite incredible. But anyway, we'll move on now because the next game was on Sunday the 7th of February. It was the disappointing one each draw away against Hamilton in the Premiership. 
Three changes from the St. Johnson game. Jack Davis and Roof out. Zungu, Kamara and Itten in. On the subs bench, we had McLaughlin, Bassey, Simpson, Jack, Davis, Patterson, Wright, Roof and Balligan. Keep it brief, Derek. Aye. And... (laughs) And generally, I think we were lucky to escape with a point in this game because Hamilton, were, I felt, were by far the better team. They certainly had the better, better chances. They were more up for it than we were. It was just yeah. a lacklustre performance from us. It was, yes. But I'll, I'll, I'll let you get in, in, into the game, Derek. Yep. Six minute quick break down the left from a throw. Kent drives the ball from the halfway line into the box on the left. Tried to cut it back, but too close to the keeper who comfortably gathered. 14th minute, lots of possession going forward. Got the ball on the left, worked to Hadji in the middle in space and hits a shot from 25 yards out on the wide and left post. 34th minute, great skill from Aribo who receives the ball from 30 yards from goal on the right. Drives inwards with the ball, hits a curler from the edge of the box and goes just wide of the left post. 36th minute, Hellander takes a heavy touch at the edge of the box after Golson played a very poor square ball to him. The attacker got in the bo- got the ball, drove forward to the left, tried to shoot at an angle but McGregor managed to narrow down the angle and got a foot to it and then put it out for the corner. Just again, a, a poor mistake there, a really heavy... Uh, you can almost forgive the heavy touch because it was a really poor ball that was played to him in the first place yeah. but once again McGregor come to yeah. their rescue 40th minute looping header from Goldson after a corner from the right it was an easy take for the keeper 44th minute Tavernier with a free kick on the edge of the box up and over the wall but over the bar as well so a disappointing first half. Really, I don't think we had much, much to, much to write home about. Um, they they had the better chance certainly in the first half. <laughs> they, they did, Derek, and it was it was one of those games, and we always seem to have it round about this time. We certainly have the last two seasons where we're playing the team at the bottom of the table or near the bottom of the table that our players just seem to think that they just have to turn up and win. But Hamilton, to be fair to them, were well up for it, Derek, and we were getting absolutely nothing from them. And I just felt that there was just something totally lacking, especially in the fight the in, in, in the final third. It was just it was it was frustrating, wasn't it? There was no real sort of grit for the players. Even the sort of closing down and and midfield that we usually have just wasn't there at all. It was just it was just really lacklustre. Bear in mind, I think we put eight past them the last time we played them as well. So yeah. it's uh, disappointing. Went to the second half expecting come out the traps firing 45th minute quick break down the left Kent hits a bullet of a shot but hits the side netting 54th minute a fantastic double save from McGregor after their attacker gets the break of the ball off Tavernier first time shot saved by McGregor the ball broke off Herlander into the path of the second attacker who was in the box blasted the shot and McGregor saved with his legs the ball was eventually cleared for the, the corner living dangerously once again and again uh, Hamilton having a great chance to, yep. to score yep 59th minute, Zungu off and Jack on. 61st minute, Aribo on the right, cuts inside, hits a shot at the edge of the box, but a poor effort. 62nd minute, ball on the left for Hamilton, long cross into the box at the far side. The attacker has a shot, McGregor had to make a save with his legs at the near post. Again, could have been a a dangerous one there. 65th minute, Itton off and Roof on. 73rd minute, some good play ending, and Jack getting a great ball to Kent in the box, who it's a shot, uh, but it was straight as a die, just by the post. A wee bit of curl on it, and it would have nestled into the bottom corner, so kind of unlucky that one there. Yeah. 77th minute, free kick just outside the box for Hamilton, right through the gap, and McGregor had to make a good dive and save to put it out of the corner. 78th minute, Hadji and Kamara off, right and Davis on. And two minutes later, we went 1-0 up with an OG of all things. Yes. A lovely work ball down the left with Davis playing a superb ball into space for Barisic on the left. He puts in a cross and it comes off the knee of the defender and into the back of the net. As I said before, I don't care how they come, I'll take them any which way they, they, they come. 
However, 14 minutes later, it was all undone because Hamilton, in the last, more or less the last kick of the ball, they put it, put the ball in the back of the net and drew level. Ball down the left side, cross into the box, header from the attacker who was in space. That's as simple as that. That's yep. poor defending again, no marking, nobody willing to put the challenge in, just a poor goal to lose all the time. And certainly we got what we deserved, I think, in this game. And I think, in fact, I think we got more than we deserved, certainly on, on the basis of play. Yeah, uh, Hamilton did, deserved it, Derek. If you, you know, you're you're absolutely correct. They were still going for it at the end of the game, and we weren't. We thought that we had got away with it. We thought that the game was wrapped up. Our players just didn't look in the mood at all. They didn't look interested, which is strange. And we did get everything we deserved there. I don't think any Rangers fans out there at all can honestly turn turn around and say that we were unlucky or anything like that. I don't think I've seen anything like that on on Twitter either. Just bitterly disappointed at the you know the standard of defending right to the end of the game. And as I say, ha- Hamilton did, did deserve it, and it was it was disappointing. But as you say, I, I, I text you after it eh, because I know that we were quite d- disappointed. But I said to you, with the way that we were playing, I would have taken a draw in that game, and the fact that we were still unbeaten because uh, we didn't deserve to win it at all. Just a game I was hoping that we would move on from quickly and the team would move on from quickly to try and uh, you know get another victory. Uh, but I, I thought it was quite incredible the amount of fans out there as well, though, that were really panicking with the fact that we didn't win. Derek, you know, considering how far ahead that we are in the league and they're still panicking, you know what I mean? So... It was I. It was it was a poor game, but but one that they needed to move on from very quickly. Yeah, I mean Alan McGregor after the game was absolutely brilliant, and you just know he had taken the dressing room apart afterwards as well. Yes. Stated in the post-match interview that we were rubbish. Said it that bluntly, and most of the game were very very poor, and it's the worst he's seen us. Yeah. Uh, he's right because as I said, we were lucky to get away with a point, but. Anyway, we couldn't let our heads go down because we were right into the next game. Saturday the 13th of February, it was a 1-0 win at home against Kilmarnock in the Premiership. In this game, no actually many things to talk about, to be honest. Three changes from the Hamilton game. We lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Balligan, Barisic, Jack, Davis, Ken, Aribo, Hadji and Itton. On the subs bench were McLaughlin, Bassey, Hellander, Defoe, Patterson, Kamara, Wright, Arfield and Stewart. 16th minute, lovely work to play with Itton holding the ball up well, passing to Tavernier on the right. Tavernier passes inwards, received the ball back and shoots into the into the net at a tight angle, but was ruled offside. RTV were absolutely shocking in their replays again. Oh. Certainly in, on play, I thought he was just onside. Just once again, something that was ruled out that potentially should have been in. Yeah. 26th minute, Hadji with a free kick from 20 yards on the left-hand side, up and over the wall but wide. And then on the 37th minute, an absolute stunning goal from Ryan Jack. The ball was in the box, a bit of a scramble. We had a shot but it was blocked, flicked up and played out to Jack on the outside of the box. It was off the deck at this time. He controlled it with his first touch, kept it off the ground and then with a curling volley into the post of stamp. Just what execution that was. Sensational, Derek. That's exactly what it was. Sensational, and probably the last player on the field, apart from our two centre halves, that you would expect to have the technique and the tenacity to try and pull something like that off. But it was absolutely sensational. Really, really fantastic goal. We've scored a lot of incredible goals this season, but that's right up there. Goalkeeper had absolutely no chance, and. Again, 
I keep saying it, a, a goal worthy of winning a, any game. But we thought at that point that that was just going to be the start of it, Derek, because you know we were, we were certainly playing a lot better than we had the week before. Yep. 40th minute, Kent picks up the ball, drives it forward 15 yards and hits a shot. Keeper saved and over the bar. Better from Kent there from what we've seen in the past. Yep. So into the second half, looking for a wee bit more again from the players. 45th minute, a quick break from the kickoff with Kent getting down the left-hand side into the box. Takes a shot at an angle but gathered by the keeper. 49th minute, Aribo drives the ball forward, slides it to Kent on the left who drives it forward into the box and gets a shot off. Forces the keeper into a good save and out for the corner. 62nd minute, Jack drives it forward from midfield, passes to it and at the edge of the box who turns it and hits a shot but a comfortable save from the keeper. So at least in the second half, making the keeper work a wee bit, yeah. which, mm-hmm. which is good to see. 78th minute, Hadji off and right on. So I think, was this Wright's debut for us or was it his yeah. second appearance? No, I, th- I think this, this was his debut, Derek. 84th minute, ball played from midfield, beats the high line. Kent could have took it on himself, but unselfishly passed it to Rebo at the edge of the box who was in space. He took a touch, perhaps too heavy, pokes it towards goal. I think it was going wide, but the keeper made a save in any case to put it out of the corner. I think Rebo should have really done better there and just yeah. blasted it first time yep, rather than taking definitely. the touch, which was, yeah. was a bit heavy. 87th minute, clumsy from Balogun at the edge of our box. It was a tangle with him and the other attacker. Maybe lucky not to give away a free kick there, but as usual, folk claiming it was a penalty. It was fucking <laughs> about three yards outside the box. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just craziness again yep. from the, the hordes. 88th minute, Kent off and Arfield on, and the last piece of play was, in the 90th minute, was the fact that four minutes of injury time was given. Again, no idea whatsoever yeah. where the four uh, minutes no, came from. I know, exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think that was similar in the first half as well. I think they gave four minutes, so... Baffling there, but again, glad to see you see out the win. Kilmarnock uh, obviously going through a transition with uh, I think this is Tommy Wright's first first game in charge as well. So yeah. this is coming. Yep. In typical fashion, they had signed Lafferty as well, but I don't think he was match ready as well to play us. But um, He was certainly in the stands having a laugh and joke with Kurt Broadfoot, so uh, we saw that put plenty in the you know in the game when we were watching it, but he was he was definitely there. Yeah, so just again another one 0 win. It was that's the thing. I don't think Kilmarnock had any shots on target, and we were nervous, especially going into the last ten minutes. And I know. We we didn't need to be because we we wrapped it up <laughs> and we, we, the defence done their job, and know that Kilmarnock really done much with it anyway. I don't, Derek. Until we get this league wrapped up, I don't think there's any Rangers fans out there that can actually relax du- during a game. I think we've just got so so many scars for the last few seasons that it's difficult to relax. In a game, like I told you tonight, my, you know, when your fourteen-year-old son's t- telling you to calm down because he's worried that you're going to collapse in the ground, it's. Uh, I'm afraid that's just what happens when you're, you, you know, you're a Rangers supporter, eh? <laughs> so it's it's one of these things. But as you say, looking back at the vast majority of these games that we've won narrowly, we've never been in any, in any trouble. And as you say, Kilmarnock did, didn't you know cause any problems for us at all so a comfortable win in the end even although it was just by one goal yeah so before we get into the game of madness here is I'll, I'll cover the, the, the league table because we've played 29 won 25 drawn four lost zero scored 69 conceded still only eight goal difference plus 61 and we're on 79 points Celtic won their game in hand so we're 15 ahead of Celtic and for a 90 plus 19 better goal difference so I think I worked it out that we could technically draw every single game we've got left that's including the two old firm games against Celtic and as long as the never won their other games 
emphatically by 5-0 each time we would win the league and goal difference. So we could technically draw every single game. So, well, hopefully it doesn't come to that. But uh, we've got a tough run of games coming up shortly, which we'll get into. But We keep saying it all the time, but we had the, the period of matches that we came through in January including the Old Firm game where we said if we could win those games, those five or six games, then we would think that that would be you know, enough for, for us to do it. We're still miles ahead of them. I think everybody needs to calm down and we just do need to, to concentrate one game at a time. But I will, I will give our supporters credit on uh, social media because we know how mad it gets. It has been a lot more calm recently than it has been, you know, in in previous weeks. I think everybody is starting to, you know, just take it one game at a time, which is great, which is what we should be doing. And we are winning these games one game at a time, Derek. And so, so we should be. We've got the best squad. We've got the best players. Bring on the next league game. Let's go out there and win it. And that b- b- brings it down. Because I think, Derek, is it only... If we win our next game, is it only you know, t- technically three victories that, that we need to win the league after that? If, if, if we were to win our next four, four games in a row, then that's us what won the league. So, so I was told. So I don't know how, how, how accurate that is. But as I say, if, if, if it is, we just need to concentrate on one game at a time. And I think the managers instilled that philosophy into the players as well, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. So... We'll get into the game of absolutely madness now. We are, the roller, the roller coaster that is Rangers. Yes. Yeah, so it was tonight, Thursday, the eighteenth of February, a four-three win away against Royal Antwerp in the Europa League last thirty-two leg one. Five changes from the Kilmarnock game: McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Hellander, Barisic, Davis, Kamara, Arfield, Aribo, Roof, and Morelos. On the subs bench were McLaughlin, Simpson, Hadji, Jack, Itton, Ken, Wright, Stewart, and Balligan. So the starting lineup was a, a fairly attacking one I felt wasn't it quite a strange lineup, Derek I, I was sitting there thinking to myself what what is it that he's going to try and do here is he going to still play three up front and have a rebo as a front three is he going to do what he'd done you know near the start of the season and play Arfield playing on the right hand side just up front I'm very surprised to see Kent drop to the bench because, you know, I, I know he's not been absolutely outstanding, but he's still one of your main players. So I don't know what was happening there, if it was down to tactics or not. So a bit of a strange team, I thought, but it's one of these things. I, I wasn't sure if he was going to change the formation or not. Just that was strange with the, the, the change of personnel like that. Yeah. So on the on the third minute, Tavernier floats the ball into the box. The defender got his touch with got a touch with his arm right into the path of Goldson. The defender was right on him, so he had to have a quick shot, and the shot was over the bar. Referee did stop the game for a VAR check for the handball, and they ruled it not a handball. It's clear a handball, as, as, as you'll see, Derek. I was quite t- t- taken aback. I don't know what your view of it was. Yeah, I mean, his arm was certainly down by his side, but it, it changed the path of the ball. So I've no idea what the fuck the handball rule is now because it seems to get changed every single time depending on who we play, who's the referee, what competition yeah. we're in. This is now even VAR that's, that's looking at it and they deemed yeah. that not a handball. It's it's absolutely baffling. But, you know, there's, there's strike one against referees in VAR tonight. Eighth minute was a shot from Arfield from 25 yards, but it was went well over the bar. The move started from a poor kick out from their keeper uh, that was intercepted. Good link up play between Roof and Aribo and Morelis to get the ball forward to Arfield in the first place. 
Ninth minute, there's a quick break by Antwerp getting the ball to the right. A dangerous cross on the deck. McGregor gathered it, but uh, had a poor throw out from there. The ball was intercepted. The ball played forward, and the attacker had a shot on the left-hand side, but it was wide. McGregor had it covered anyway, but just poor for McGregor there. Just a wee bit of calmness needed, I think, there, and yeah. wouldn't have had that second potential chance. Yep. 14th minute, Tavernier gets a shot from distance, but went well over the bar. Mastream went down for a minute there. 18th minute, quick break up the park by Antwerp, got down the right-hand side. Barisic slipped in the box, allowing the tacker to get further forward into the box, got the ball across, but the defence dealt with it well. 19th minute, it was a shot come cross from Antwerp on the right side of our box. McGregor left it as I think he, he thought it was going wide, but it was dipping and it nearly went in. It was, I think it was only inches away from going into the top bin, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in at that stage though, Derek, you were thinking, how's this game going to go? Because Antwerp were right in it at that point, but you know, coming up to the, the next uh, stage of, uh, of, of, of the first half, you know, that was when we, I thought, I thought started coming re- really in, into the game after this. Yeah. But it's really disappointing here, and it's uh, worrying here, as Tavernier had to go off on yeah. the 23rd minute, Balligan came on. No. It appeared to be like a clash of knees between two mm-hmm. the two players. Yep. Completely accidental. It was a 50 50. Yep. He tried to run it off, but he couldn't. And as the has been mentioned by the gaffer, is Tavernier doesn't come off when he's injured. So it's uh, pretty worrying that one there. Yes. He normally runs these things off. So um, we'll need to wait and see the, the outcome of that one. We'll get into it shortly. But, you know, Patterson, what a silly, silly boy. Exactly, Derek. I know that you're, you know, we'll be talking about this after the game. But that laddie, if he's not sitting watching that game with his head in his hands tonight, absolutely devastated after seeing that because that could have been a huge opportunity for him. And, you know, he's a fantastic player. He would have slotted in there, no problem. That would have been a great game for him to play in because it was very open, especially going forward, and he's just completely fucked it, hasn't he? Yeah, but we'll we'll get into that later on. Yeah, I know. 29th minute, lovely ball down the left to Morellis, who was in space. He goes 1v1 with the keeper. Keeper done well to come out and make a save. Ball comes back out to Roof at a distance, but he puts it well wide. Morellis should have done a, a lot better there. There seems to be a tendency from our players when they're going 1v1 to hit it low and try and slide it past the keeper. Just fucking blast it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, on the 38th minute, we went 1 0 up with a rebo scoring. A fantastic long ball uh, up by goals and a long diagonal ball up from midfield to Roof. Roof got a touch. I don't think he actually done much with it, to be honest. Uh, the keeper came out. He spilled it. A, lo- a lovely piece of play from Morelis to, to put Dinks it over the keeper's arms. Lead it off to a rebo who placed the shot from 25 yards into basically an empty net. Just brilliant all round. Great vision by Goldson. Even better from Morelis uh, to, to, to dink the ball away for the keeper as well to find a rebo. Brilliant. Yep, I was disappointed with Roof, Derek, because I, I honestly thought that he slowed down when he was going for, for the ball. You might d- d- disagree, but thank goodness that Alfredo Morelos was there because he was there was nobody else was going to win that ball when it came back out. He was winning that. And the fact that he didn't just go thund- thundering and as you say, he actually managed to play the pass back to a rebo. Uh, the vision was outstanding and a great finish by Eribo and fantastic at that stage for us to be going 1-0 up in the game and you know we were really pushing for it then Derek so we were you know by far you know the, the, the best team it was a great period in the game for us at that point 
Yeah. However, it was all done a few minutes later because in the 45th minute, Antwerp drew level and made it one each. It was a free kick from 30 yards on the right. It was floated into the middle of the box, completely unmarked attacker. Granted, he had an absolutely lovely glancing header into the top left corner, but the marking was absolutely shocking. I mean, he had at least a foot either side of him in free space, no players next to him at all, and allowed him to jump up and get that header. Great execution, but he shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. I, Derek, I don't know what your feelings are. I personally think McGregor could have done a much better job as well. You know, the defence were shocking to allow him to be unmarked. But for a guy to get a header like that for the edge of the box, you know, for it to go right past, I thought McGregor was too far out for his goal. I think if it had been a step back, he might have had the chance to get to it, but he was just completely stranded. So I'm putting blame on both parts here. I'm putting blame on the really shocking marking and defending and I'm also putting a bit of blame on Alan McGregor as well which you know we can't slag the guy off he's been absolutely sensational but if we're being honest that's I thought that the, the both goalkeeper and defenders were uh, were at fault for, for that one just a poor poor goal he lose uh, you know especially since we'd just scored and it really was, wasn't deserved because we were by far the better team at that point Just after they scored the goal the injury time went up and it was for four minutes don't know where they got the four <laughs> minutes from to be honest but Roof went off injured as well on the 47th minute the man has made a glass it seems always constantly getting injured we tried to bring Kent on but inexplicably the ref wouldn't allow it to happen and despite the play being stopped at the time so don't know what that was all about for the ref there just poor referee and Kent did eventually come on in the 50th minute five minutes into four minutes injury time and then on the sixth minute of injury time a penalty was given to Antwerp I just I'm absolutely incensed with this because it was a clear dive every day of the week Davis well it tries to go for the ball in the box he tried to stay, He tried to make a tackle. Did he make contact with the legs of the attacker? Absolutely <sighs> he did. But the boy clearly flung himself down. Now, VAR checked it and gave the penalty as well. An absolute <sighs> joke. He got challenged on his right side, I think, and he flew himself down on his, his left side. Doesn't make sense whatsoever. It was absolutely shocking, Derek. I mean, you're saying was there contact? If there was contact there, Derek, it was as you know minimal contact as you could possibly get. It was right in front of the referee as well. The referee could see that right there that there was hardly anything in it whatsoever. And as you say, for the guy to dive the complete opposite way, for the way that his body should have moved, should have shown the referee again that there was no way that that was a penalty. And as you say, you know, VAR is a fantastic idea if it's getting used the right way, and that's definitely not. Because if it's given a penalty for that, then that's an absolute farce. And for us to be the better team in the game, for them to have scored that penalty solely on and for the circumstances, it was it made the first half a complete farce, especially, especially the end. So, you know, quite rightly, we were all absolutely raging at that point. Yeah. So up they step and they scored the penalty to make it 2-1, and shortly after that, the... The halftime whistle blew. So I think in the, the first half overall, a lot to be happy about and a yeah. lot to be angry about as well. Um, it was a, I would say we probably shaded the half as well. We did, Derek. We definitely shaded the half. I thought the, the, the second part of the, the, the first half, we were by far the, the better team. What I was hoping for for the second half was the fact that 
we knew that we could score against this team and I was also looking for a big reaction from uh, the likes of Ryan Kent who had been dropped for the game. He was now get, getting an opportunity to play a whole half in this game so I was looking for him to have a big second half and thankfully he did. So in the second half, 53rd minute, quick break up the park end and then Aribo having a shot cleared off the, what I thought was the line at the, initially but I think it was more a case of it was going wide and the, the defender did clear it just yeah. in case anyway. 56th minute, Antwerp keeper stretched and appeared to injure himself, possibly wasting time too, I think like you said as well on the, on the text there. They were looking to bring a, a substitute keeper on at the time but he wasn't ready and I don't think he, he came off until later on in the game as well, which yeah. is weird. In that same passage of play, though, there was big claims for, for a foul on Morelis in the box. I never noticed much of it at the time. The play raged on at that point, and then on the 57th minute, nearly two minutes after the actual event, the referee stops the play to check VAR, and it was clear there was a, a clear shirt pull on Morelis yep. inside the box, and a penalty was given. The referee never gave it our, at the time, and as I said, our players were going mental at the time. So yep. looking back on it, the good guys were doing VAR this time. Exactly, and t- t- to be fair to the the team, I think they know how unfairly you know the the, the first p- penalty decision went against. You could hear it as clear as day. All of them screaming at, at the referee, saying it was a penalty, and you know, thankfully it was reviewed. And as you say, it was a clear a clear penalty. It was pulled back. So. Yeah, but what what I want to know, and I've not read up in the rules if there's been a specific rule highlighted for this, but what, what would have happened if, in that passage of play, when Antwerp were going forward, what happens if they had scored? What what happens then? I'm sure I would like to think that there's rules for that, but surely, surely it would it would be pulled back, and the goal wouldn't be allowed to stand, Derek, because it was getting reviewed, and then you know the game was stopped. So I would like to think that the game, but again, I'm just assuming these things. I mean, th- this is where I was having a discussion with an NFL fan in my work today, and I know you you like your NFL. Yep. Watching the Super Bowl a, a couple of weekends ago there, there was a couple of decisions where the, the referee did stop for the, the NFL's version of R to, to review it, and they did stop the game for a good couple of minutes, and NFL lends itself to that because there's so many stoppages in the game anyway. Football isn't like that, but... At the same time, you can't have play raging on and then they pull the game back to give a decision. It just seems off for me. I I didn't think that VAR was going to be like the, the replays they have in, in, in the NFL. And I'm glad you mentioned the Super Bowl, Derek, because my team are cheering on one, <laughs> so it was fantastic. I had a great night. But I honestly didn't think that our VAR was going to be like that. I had it in my head that there were going to be two referees or ex-referees sitting in a booth in the stadium watching the game and being able to replay it and they would be able to directly send a message to the referee to say VAR reviewed penalty and the referee would have an earpiece in and he would be able to you know stop the play within you know five or ten seconds of the incident happening you know to be able to do that but this whole thing where the referee's got to run off to the you know and review itself and it gets completely stopped and it's you know three or four minutes after the game it's a complete farce to me Derek I don't know why it couldn't be done the way that I thought thought it was if you've actually got referees reviewing the game and saying no no he's, he's missed that one that's a definite penalty or whatever it, it wouldn't take long to do it and that's honestly how I thought it was and it's just it's a complete farce isn't it it's just it's, it's ruining the what's the word I'm looking fluidity. for fluidity 
Ah, yes, and the spontaneous ways that the game should be played, and it's as I say, it, it, it could have been done a lot better, Derek. So, but we're not complaining because it, no. ended up, it was a penalty, <laughs> so that was that was great. So, just on the VAR, I've I've kind of when I heard about VAR coming in, I wanted it to be like tennis, the Hawkeye system, where you get a certain amount of challenges each half or something like that, and if you win your challenge and you're proven right, then you get to keep your challenge, and uh, then but if you lose. That, that's like the NFL, Derek. If you put a challenge in and, and stuff like that, you lose it. You you end up losing one of your timeouts and stuff like that. That's that's kind of what what they do there. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it definitely needs to be looked at. I think it could certainly be speeded up a lot more uh, than it is. But it is, it is what it is at the moment. And, you know... We we cry out for you know these decisions a, a, a lot of the times when things are missed against us. So as I say, th- thankfully at that uh, occasion it, it worked for us. Yeah, I mean as I said on Twitter, it's it's only as 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 useful as the muppets that are actually reviewing the tapes in the first place. So if you've got folk who can't do their job there, then there's no hope, is there? Yeah, no, no. But anyway, as you said, we got the penalty and up steps Barisic and scores to make it two each. He put the ball to the right side, the keeper got his hand to it, yeah, no. mind, he's still allegedly injured at this point, but he scored nonetheless, so so yeah. all, all brilliant. Yep. 63rd minute, a stunning tackle in the middle of the park by Goldson to regain possession, sends the ball forward down the right, ending up in Arfield having a shot at an angle on the right-hand side, but the keeper gathered. Decent move and a, a great by Goldson there just you've seen him when he put the, a crunching challenge in but he got all of yeah. the ball and he actually looked up at the referee straight off and he pointed over to, you know look at the ball I got the ball 64th minute Arfield got a yellow card for a high foot in the Antwerp box despite it actually not being that high and the defender lowered his yeah. head as well a referee having an absolute nightmare in this game yep totally However, on the 63rd minute, Antwerp went 3-2. A break of the ball for Antwerp off our field on the edge of the box. A simple square ball to the middle, just outside the box, to the attacker, who was in absolute acres of space at this point. He even had time to compose himself yeah. and put a curling shot in off the left-hand post and into the back of the net. Again, the marking. Just abysmal. It was. It was a stunning strike, Derek, but he should never have been able to pull the shot off. That is what annoys me the most about the whole thing was the fact that he was, as you say, he was allowed to get the ball, he was allowed to control it, and he was allowed to run with nobody going anywhere near him, and he was able to, to, to pick his spot. Uh, McGregor, I can't say anything about him because he was, you know, he was he was rooted to the spot and it was right and off the post, but just really shocking marking. And I was pleased in the first half with the, the our play in midfield closing pe- people down. Well, it was the complete opposite for that goal there was no closing down whatsoever and it is easy a goal as somebody would score against us really disappointing at that stage Derek and at that uh, you know when that went in I was ready for punching holes in the wall it was just so frustrating yep we made a couple of substitutions at that point. 74th minute, Kamara and Arfield off, Hadji and Jack on. Yep. 75th minute, the Antwerp keeper finally was subbed off and a new youngster came on. 80th minute, a lot of possession, worked the ball into the left to, to Barisic, who plays a fantastic cross to the near post. Hadji makes great connection oh. with it, but he puts it just wide. And yeah. It was just too straight hit, yeah. unfortunately. I know, it was, it was a great move and he hit it well. It was just past the post. It must have only been a couple of inches past. Really, really unlucky there. 
Yeah. At this point, we were really starting to find our feet. I think they were starting yeah. to wane a wee bit, and yep. we were getting all the possession and 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 having the chances, and that paid dividends on the eighty third minute because Kent scored an absolute peach of a goal. The ball was worked from a throw in on the left hand side near the goal. Kent gets the ball, feeds it to I think it was Morelos who passes Morelos, back yep. to him, passes back to him outside the box. He then decides to go on a mazy run, works his way into the box, past about three defenders, cuts inside and blasts the ball high into the back of net. That's the what that's the Kent we've seen. Yeah. That's the Kent we actually signed in the first place. Fantastic goal. Yep. And you know, if 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 Ryan Kent now goes on a run of games where he's absolutely outstanding on the back of being dropped, then I will take my, my hat off to Stephen Gerrard for doing that. It's maybe the wee sort of kick up the bum that he was looking for. I was hoping and praying that he was going to a reaction from him when he was going to get the whole of the second half and I'm so glad we did. It was a tremendous goal, Derek. You could see that he was in the mood as well because he had a few times that he was demanding the ball and running at, at the defenders and as you say, the whole, whole move was tremendous and again, Alfredo Morelos, although he didn't score, Derek, sets up two, wins a penalty uh, and a tremendous goal for Kent and that was us back level at that point no more than we had deserved Yep, absolutely and I did hear that I think Kent maybe had a, a wee niggling injury which is the reason why he was dropped so I don't know if that was okay. that was right or no but this is the thing with Kent you see he plays one great game like he did tonight and then he, when he came on and then he fades off and that's the disappointing thing with Kent this year so far but we'll need to wait and see if, he, if it kicks him into, into play as you said certainly hope so, yep 85th minute, ball fed to Kent on the left-hand side and he hits a shot, saved by the keeper. He really should have buried it there. He was one-on-one with him. The ball was then quickly up the other end of the park. A mistake by Aribo lets the attacker in and on goal. 1v1 McGregor, who pulls off another great save yeah. with his legs and eventually cleared. So just the game was in, in, in balance at that point. We could yeah. have scored at one minute and then right up the park the next minute, they, they could have scored. So it was all to play for. 86 minute a goal mouth scramble in our box with a shot by their attacker at the back post which is blocked again living dangerously however on the 87th minute it was another penalty to us after a handball in the box and a second yellow card for their, their defender as well it was a clear handball after Kent had a shot a fantastic position at that stage for us to you know win the game Derek so I don't know about you I was on the edge of my seat I couldn't watch the screen biting my nails and, you know, it was at that point that my son told me to calm down <laughs> and just <laughs> wait and see what happened. But I'll let you get into it. Yeah, so upstairs Barisic again. We were worried about, you know, not having Tavernier taking penalties. It's just ironic. We've never had a penalty since uh, Tavernier missed his, his second penalty in a row there. And, you know, we, we get two penalties in the same game and he's off injured. So, um, but upstairs Barisic, cool as you like, and puts it to the right hand side, sending the keeper the wrong way. Fantastic. Superb, Derek. And again, I, I keep saying it, we deserved to be winning this game because I thought we were the best team. There was a few defensive uh, mistakes and worries, but I did think of the, the balance that we were the, the, the better team and we deserved it. Just an incredible roller coaster of a match and the fact that there was going to be even more time added on after the game, which I'm sure you're going to get into as well, was baffling and I just couldn't handle it. I was totally, <laughs> totally up and down. But as I say, just great to be back 
winning the game at this, that late on in the game and hoping and praying that we could just hold out and you know get it. But watching Rangers not pass the ball back, not try to be boring, constantly trying to go forward, it's like you know you're screaming at the TV telling them just to hold on to the ball for God's sake. But it's it's quite incredible. Yeah, I mean, just madness. Um, and then, as you said, six minutes of injury time given. I just don't know where they got the six minutes from. I know their keeper was was down injured for a wee bit, but I think he was a, a referee that was adding on definitely the 30 seconds for every substitute and just madness. And I think he even yeah. went into eight minutes as well of injury time, which was craziness. On the 94th minute, the last piece of play in the game, though, there was a shot from Antwerp outside the box and it hit the outside of our right-hand post and out of play. So, again, I'm lucky there, but, yeah. you know, We'll take it and just an absolute madness game. Delighted with the with the victory there, and what's more more there is we've got four away goals. Derek, it was sensational. The game is like quite incredible. As I say, we've we've been going on about it constantly. You'll not see another game like that. We thought we'd seen it all with the three three game with Benfica, but thankfully we went I won better in that game. It was it was just incredible, but. Take away the actual game itself, Derek. It's another European victory away from home for the team. So that is quite incredible. What Steven Gerrard has accomplished, you know, for us playing in Europe is is un- unbelievable. And here's hoping that we get a more of a plain sailing match at Ibrox and we get through to the next round after that. Yep, certainly all to play for. So the games, the games that we've got coming up is Sunday the twenty first of February at home to Dundee United in the Premiership. That's a fifteen hundred kickoff. Then the return leg at Ibrox. It's in the twenty fifth of February at home to Royal Antwerp in the second leg of the last thirty two game. That's a seventeen fifty five kickoff. Really strange this time though. I noticed that normally the away games are at seventeen fifty five yeah. and the home games are at eight o'clock. So I don't yeah. know what's changed there. Yeah. Um, Wednesday the 3rd of March away to Livingston in the Premiership that's going to be another big game they're obviously in good form just now that's a 1800 kickoff. Saturday the 6th of March at home to St Mirren again another team who are fairly in form now uh, that's a 1500 kickoff. and the game that could potentially wrap up the title Sunday the 21st of March away against Celtic in the Premiership that's a midday kickoff. so Celtic, unfortunately, have, have had a wee vein of form just now, even though I read some of the reports, they've, they've been a bit lucky at times and uh, they've they've had decisions go their way when they shouldn't yes. have, but they've, they've found their winning feet again. We just need to keep on doing what we are doing, as, as difficult it might be over this run, we just need to keep going. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm speaking to a guy at the in, in the workplace, Derek, that supports that mob, but he did say that they are certainly no pl- playing well, even although they're, you know, they're getting the victories. He's no feeling confident at all for when he plays uh, Rangers at, at Parkhead. But uh, again, you know what happens in the old firm games. We can't, uh, we, we can't say that. But I would like to think that if it got down to that, Derek, then our players would be so up for it to try and get get the victory. So. We'll wait and see what happens, Derek. He, he's hoping that we are in, in that position by the time we go to play them, that, that we have won all, all, all of our games and, uh, you know, we've got that one to win there. But we'll, we'll wait and see. Yep. So, we'll now go into the classic match. And then it is. The final whistle's gone. Rangers have won the European Cup Winners' Cup. So, Dave, I gave you a eight-goal thriller in the last game <laughs> and you've contracted that this week with a one-goal thriller. <laughs> 
but what a one goal thriller it is though, Derek. Let's let's be honest. Talking about our uh, our rivals there, uh, I have picked a game from the same season uh, as as that game, and uh, obviously I'm talking about uh, eleven years ago, and it was a match that more or less secured the league championship for Rangers. It was on the 28th of February, 2010, where we took on Celtic at Ibrox. Now Rangers. On that day, lined up with McGregor and Goals, Davy Weir, Papach, Stephen Whitaker, Majid Bouguera in defence, Lee McCulloch, Steve Davis, Kevin Thompson and Kyle Lafferty, who was playing on the right-hand side for us. And then uh, Chris Boyd and Kenny Miller up front. The Celtic team that day, Boric, Hinkle, Braffield, Thomas Rongia, Thompson and Guemo, Scott Brown, Aidan McGeady, Fortune, Kamara and of course the signing that they brought in to try and win the league the big big signing that they brought in being Robbie Keane uh, the player that they thought was going to come in and deliver them the league so this was a, a huge game for Rangers we were I think possibly 7 or 8 points clear at this time Celtic really had to get the victory today to keep the league championship alive anything for Rangers even a draw would have been a good result but the game certainly didn't disappoint. Early chance for Celtic, uh, where Robbie Keane actually picked the ball up to the edge of the box. He shot, but Alan McGregor makes an easy save. Kevin Thompson, though, uh, wanted to make his presence felt early in the game and had a bit of a hard tackle, shall we say, on Robbie Keane. He was desperate for Keane to know that he was there in the game. And then on the, the fifth minute, Steve Davis then raced forward sees Chris Boyd and plays a fantastic through ball for Boyd. Boyd takes it wide of Boric and hits a shot right into the side net and really unlucky there. Uh, And then for the next 10-15 minutes, it was more of a a midfield battle. No real chances there. But then on the 25th minute, unfortunately, Lee McCulloch was injured and he was actually injured by one of his own players. There was a tackle in, in the middle of the park and he collided with one of his own players. I think, again, it was Kevin Thompson. So Lee McCulloch, unfortunately, had to come off and he was substituted for our American internationalist Morris Edu. 26 minutes was a free kick to Rangers. Uh, the ball into uh, the Celtic half, it was cleared back in. Kenny Miller jumps up and it was in Guemo with a high boot. Miller puts his hand up, the ball skiffs, then it falls down to Edu. He volleys the ball into the net but the the, the goal was disallowed for the handball for Kenny Miller really if it skiffed it just skiffed and, and, and no more we all thought it was a goal everybody was jumping about it was Edu's first touch we thought that he had volleyed Rangers into the lead but unfortunately it was disallowed and then just a few minutes later Thompson wins the ball in midfield for Rangers he had a blinder of a game he passes the ball to Chris Boyd in his own half then Chris Boyd, he spots Kenny Miller running through towards the Celtic goal. He plays a fantastic ball up to Miller. He races and hits the shot for the edge of the box. Saved by Boric, it's spun away. 
uh, towards the goal, but he managed to pick the ball up just before it went all over the line. A great chance and a great move. Then in the closing stages of the first half, Fortuny shoots just wide of uh, Alan McGregor's post. And then Chris Boy, just after that, he's fed the ball inside the six-yard box by Sasa Papac down the left-hand side. He shoots. It's a fantastic save by Boric, but it was ruled offside regardless. And then right before half-time, Kyle Lafferty, he gets the ball on the left-hand side. Cuts inside, it shoots just for the edge of the box, but it's just over the bar. And it was just after that that the uh, the referee blew a half time whistle. So it was Rangers with the the bulk of possession in, in the game. Derek, Kevin Thompson, uh, you know, absolutely fantastic in midfield, winning every ball in there. But you know, still nil 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 at that stage. Into the second half, straight away, a fantastic early chance for Rangers. Kyle Lafferty on the left wing this time. He sees Steve Davis ghosting into the box and he puts a fantastic sort of dinked chip ball right over the defender. Steve Davis manages to lose his man at the back post, but he leans back too much and hits the ball over right over the top of the goalkeeper and away out to the wing and just over, but as I say, by about 10 yards. He would have been really disappointed with that because, as I say, if he hadn't lent back so much, it would have been a certain goal. And then three chances after that, straight away, Whitaker with the ball in for the edge of the box, on the ground to Chris Boyd, he shoots, it's blocked by the defender, it comes back to Morris Edu in the box, he shoots, blocked by the other defender, comes back to Kyle Lafferty, he shoots, it's blocked again, but in that melee it looked as if uh, Morris Edu was brought down in the box, no penalty given, so everybody incensed at that, but at this stage it was all Rangers, 55th minute, Davy Weir wins the ball in his own half, he plays a great ball to Steve Davis who runs at the defence and shoots low and it's saved by Boris, uh, but Boric, but he can only save it back to Steve Davis again from close range, he shoots and it's saved again by Boric and cleared, so Rangers really ramped up the pressure but we couldn't get it, but then only... Ten minutes later, it was a red card for uh, Celtic's Scott Brown with a shocking challenge on uh, Kyle Lafferty. Uh, so Celtic down to ten men. So Rangers really the, the, the better team here, putting the pressure on Celtic down to ten men. So we could sense that something was going to happen at this stage, Derek. Then in the 78th minute, a cross in by Whitaker cleared in the box. It comes back to, to Whitaker again. He puts another cross into Nacho Novo, who is now on uh, as a substitute in the box. But a last-ditch tackle by the Celtic defender, and they managed to get the ball away and cleared. So really un- unlucky there. And then again, this was the 82nd minute. Uh, Sasa Papac with a fantastic ball into the box. It falls perfectly for Edu who shoots over the bar from about 10 yards. That's when we thought, we thought it's running away from us. We might have to stick to a draw here. But as I say, at this point, Derek, a point was good was good enough for us. A point was no good for, for, for Celtic. So moving into the right at the end of the game, uh, Nacho Novo, uh, he manages to get the ball. This is in the 90th minute. Manages to, to get the ball down the wing and runs into the box. Great run by the wee man. Uh, but the ball falls to Sasa Papac. He shoots for a tight angle. Another fantastic save by Boric out from the corner. And this is where... The bedlam starts. Kevin Thompson's corner. It's Bagheera. Boric stops it. Boyd. Edu has put it in. 
Yeah, I think we've just seen the goal that's won a championship here. Oh, comes to get it back close. Lovely touch in his chest. Boris does reasonably well. Boyd should have scored. And Edu certainly wasn't going to miss from two yards. Boris saw it late. He couldn't take it into his body. And Morris Edu gets an absolute gift. And one that should be enough to get Rangers over the championship finishing line. You can see what it means to Rangers Football Club. They are heading 10 points clear of their Glasgow rivals. Morris Edu had the ball in the net when he came on in the first half. It didn't count then, but it sure counted right at the end. And Rangers do have a 10-point lead over their fierce rivals. Kevin Thompson goes over to the Govan stand to the corner. He whips the ball in to the box, it's chested down by Majid Bouguera who shoots, he hits the ball straight at Arthur Boric but hits it at such power, Boric can only spill it, the ball falls to the feet of Chris Boyd, he swings and has a uh, has his shot, it's half cleared it bobbles at the edge of the, the, the goal line and who's there to bundle it in but the substitute Morris Edu to send Ibrox absolutely into absolute bedlam the place was absolutely rocking. I was so lucky that I was there. It was just absolutely sensational scenes on the 92nd minute. They had basically won the league for Rangers because that uh, Celtic knew that it was all over. Absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, and by that point, uh, the referee blew full-time whistle not long after that. Rangers were 10, 10 points clear at that stage, with only a few few games left. It was just an, an incredible game for it being 1-0. It was such high stakes. And, you know, the scenes at the end of the game as well, you know, you, you know you'll know, you not see anything like that again. So, uh, just incredible. If you get the chance to go back and watch it, it was, it was a fantastic game to watch, especially the fact that it was only 1-0. It wasn't a classic goal that won the game, but the importance of the goal, you know, was well worth it. And you could see that with the, you know, the supporters in the stadium, the amount of noise they made. It was, it was fantastic. There are certain games or certain events that you remember exactly where you were when, yep. when you seen them when the event happened. And this one is no different because I seen this. Oh, the problem is I never seen the goal. I was in my mate's toilet at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking missed it. It's no like you, Derek, is it? No. We're at his flat watching the game. Into the dying minutes, I thought, this is going to... I'm really bursting for a push here. I'd had a few few pints at that time. (laughs) Went to the toilet, and all I heard was, yes, from the living room. And I thought they were playing a a joke on me. But no, I managed to take a nip it and (laughs) quickly run out and and see the celebrations and see the replay. But... uh, yeah, we all, all remember that. And the, the goal itself was actually much like Clint Hills a few years ago as well, yeah. with a last-minute kind of poke yep. through the a, a packed defence as well. So um, just uh, amazing. And I, I watched it back the other night there, not the full game, just the goal, just because I've only managed to get the one wee, wee clip of the highlights there. And an involuntary smile came across my face because there's some, sometimes it, it just happens like that and you're like, you can't you go back right to that time when it was and you, you remember your feelings and you remember seeing it or seeing the replay at least and uh, brilliant so hopefully we can do that again because there's nothing we're certainly not going to get a helicopter Sunday this year so hopefully we can get a last minute winner against them or something just to, just to make it even that bit more special and get it right up them 
I would take a last-minute goal like that, Derek, from Alfredo Morelos. Nobody else in the team apart from him to score. You know, the, the winning goal that the, the won us a league that for me would be absolutely priceless. So, but again, we're maybe getting ahead of ourselves here, Derek. But uh, in an ideal world, that's what I would take. But there you go. Yep. So, we'll have another classic match the next time. So, we'll move on now to the news. So, quite a bit to cover in this one, and we kind of don't want to talk about this, but I think it's pertinent to talk about it. And Dave and I have not really said anything about this online because it's not something that just needs to be paid lip service online about. And obviously I'm talking about the SFA report, um, the the much-delayed SFA report into child abuse in Scottish football has finally been released. Uh, 190-odd pages, I think it is. I've only read the three accounts about the abuse that's uh, said to have happened with us. Um, I've heard snippets of others as well, and it's absolutely harrowing and heartbreaking. And, and my heart goes out to every, everyone involved and in, in the survivors in that. That said, I've heard and seen some reports that the survivors and their families are dismayed at the report and they've stated it doesn't go far enough and a lot of it's been whitewashed. The report has called on all clubs involved to make unequivocal and unreserved public apology to the victims. So Partick, Hibs and Celtic all have done so. Partick's and Hibs seemed a bit wishy-washy at best. Celtic's I've, I really don't want to even get into because it was a fucking farce basically reiterated their sympathy and sorrow they did in the statement a few months ago still never apologised they state they have reiterated their apology but from their previous statement which again did not apologise so Rangers rightly or wrongly at this point have yet to make any statement some journalists are calling calling us out on that again rightly or wrongly one of them even said us not commenting is morally worse than Celtic and what they've we've said Celtic at this point still deny that their boys club had even anything to do with part of the main club if Celtic were really sorry then the up and coming court cases would now be dropped and they would settle out of court the now and they would do everything they can but Celtic are still continuing on with that, they're not conceding their cases at all so don't get me even fucking started about what's morally right or wrong when it comes to comparing them what happened at Rangers is nothing compared with what happened at Celtic as for us I'd like to think that we are working with the victims behind the scenes on this first rather than giving uh, just paying lip service to it in a, a statement online. I would also think that given the reservations that some of the victims and their families have, I can kind of understand why we are holding back. Now, I'm not saying that us as a club should do nothing about it. I'm not saying that in the slightest. But if we take a step back a moment here, I think there's a rush from many fans of ours for the club to be seen to doing the right thing rather than actually thinking about what the right thing actually is. This all has to be victim and survivor led. That's what they want. It's it's not about what makes clubs look good. It's not about trying to palm something off. And I think at this stage, just paying lip service with an apology kind of is that. Too many of us, I think as well, are just wanting us to apologise, give them compensation and then that's it. Again, some of the the victims may not even want that. Some of them might not even want an apology, but just an acknowledgement that it happened. As for the compensation side of this, well, can someone tell me what exact value you put on something like this? Are there levels of compensation depending on the level of the abuse? That leads it then to, it opens it up to claims that can't be proven either way. The three cases that were linked to us in the report 
that, that were documented all appear to be from the same perpetrator. Two of them the club didn't appear to know at the time about, and the third, as soon as we did find out about, we fired, that's been documented, we fired them and we contacted the police about. So there certainly can be an issue about, well, we, it was our job, to, we should have known that what had happened. But unlike other clubs, we'd done the right thing and we fired the person as soon as we, we found out about it. Bear in mind that same person worked for Hibs then was allowed to go on to us because Hibs never done anything about it. So you've got to bear that in mind here. We done the right thing. And just on the, the contact in the police note, the report highlighted that it cannot be proven or disproven that we've contacted the police. Of course, the usual bunch have jumped on that state now. Well, there's no record, so you clearly never. As I've said before in, in previous podcasts, it was decades ago. The police deemed it not to be a crime at the time from what's been reported. So... I'll, I'll ask you a question. If, if you've contacted the police 20, 30 years ago and it was deemed no crime, go and contact the police now and ask them if you can get a copy of that report. Because bear in mind that that force that you contacted no longer exists. It's all been amalgamated into one force now. See how you get on about that. Because it's likely it doesn't exist because it had been another force. It had been decades ago. It was non-crimes. And it was probably put written down on paper. So... I don't know what your thoughts are, Dave, on that. Certainly the club, I think, really need to start maybe even just saying we are working with the, the victims if that's what they're doing. They need to maybe start coming out and saying something about this because it, it kind of needs to be done now, doesn't it? I agree with you 100% with the whole putting out a wishy-washy statement saying we're really sorry about everything that's happened. I would like to think that we were going to be a lot more classier than that, Derek, and the, the people that were involved, the club, speaking to them directly rather than just putting out a, you know something over social media like certain other, other clubs do. I really don't want to talk about them because I know that they've still got their, uh, you know, there's more to come on that and uh, I think they'll actually be, you know, be shown uh, exactly what uh, happened with their, I'm, I'm only got, can only really talk about us and I think you've covered it perfectly there Derek, if, if, if the club actually go and speak to the victims or, or the alleged victims directly rather than just put, putting out some dodgy statement just to sort of make the press and other, other other people happy I would be much happier with that in a way you know and I think it would be a better outcome as well yeah uh, I mean we'll just need to wait and see what happens yeah. there it's something from a PR point of view I really don't want to get into that because this is how all this really started is yep. a cover up and uh, to protect brands and it's not really it shouldn't be about that and it should be about the victims ultimately and what they want out of it and as I said it can be easily done oh we're sorry there here's a bunch of money but you, you can't really just cover things and just give them the money that's might know what they might want in the first place um, and it just seems a quick get out with that one so uh, we'll, we'll need to wait and see there but as yeah. I said I think they, they really need to at least put an acknowledgement out that yep. we are working with it um, yeah. but anyway into the next story here as, as much as you kind of try and move on from that one um, if it wasn't enough this season that Jones and Edmondson were a pair of selfish arseholes who breached Covid regulations five other players have now been fined because they were at a house party at the weekend there Bassey Patterson, Zungu, Mabudi and Kinnear um, were all the five players it was dealt with internally Rangers dealt with it on a PR point of view perfectly they put a, st a st quick statement out saying that we are aware of the, the allegations, we're dealing with it internally, there'll be no further statement. 
And then it was confirmed, much like the Jones and Edmondson thing was, with Gerard sitting down through club channels and he, he gave a video interview about it and uh, he obviously went on to state what he stated and, and confirmed who the players were. But for a start, you're a thick fuck if you're doing this as a footballer just now. How thick do you need to be though, considering you've already had two teammates do the exact same thing and get fined, be basically shipped out the door and then five players go and do it themselves? Absolute fucking ludicrous, isn't it? I cannot fathom how any of them would think that it was acceptable to even attempt to get away with it, Derek, because, for one, because of the high profile that the the last two idiots had within Scotland and the media and everybody knowing that this had happened, everything that's happened at Celtic, the, the numerous incidents that they've had regarding it, what happened with Aberdeen, we all know that Rangers will be magnified ten times more than any of them. And every single one of them bound to have known that they would be at risk of getting leaked if they were going to do it. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not condoning them actually doing it, but I'm just trying to think what was going through their heads. And for two of the players who spilled, three of those players especially, all three that have been heavily involved in the first team, they... I can guarantee that the management at Rangers would be saying to them all on a daily basis, do not fuck up at this time of the season. Do not put this club in any danger. Do not put any of your fellow teammates in danger. Resist any, you know, all uh, you know offers that you have for going out and mingling with your friends. What we are doing this season is way bigger than any of that. And for those five players to do it, it's just absolutely unacceptable, Derek. I was absolutely gutted. And especially tonight with, you know, we, we, we said that very briefly, there's Tav, looks as if he's got a bad injury. There's, you know, a, 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 hopefully he's not out for long. But the young laddie Patterson could have stepped in there straight away. Then not one person would have batted an eyelid because we all know he's a fantastic player. Same with Bassey. If anything happened to to, to Barisic at left back, we had a, a you know a guy that could come in there and play. And Zungu, who you know I, I don't think he'll play for us again. I think he'll be shipped back to to France to to, to his parent club. Absolutely, absolute madness from the mall, Derek. Ridiculous and. Going from guys like us who love the club, the chance that we've got, you know, to win the league this season, we would be doing everything possible to make sure that nobody stepped out of the line there. So you can bet your boots the fact that all the other players in the Rangers first team will be absolutely raging with the players because you can take it that all of the, the senior players here, you know, Alan McGregor, James Tavenier, uh, you know Stephen Davis guys like that they'll have been telling them all as well we don't want any fuck ups here we only want to go and, and, and win this league do not fuck up so uh, you can guarantee that that's been drummed in, into the guys and for them still to go out and do it Derek it's, it's, it's unforgivable in my eyes yeah, I mean, four games away for being hailed as part of a legendary squad and to yeah. do something as selfish as this. I mean, I hope Patterson is really greeting his beans out tonight at the fact that he, that he could have been playing tonight, 
Yeah. Uh, obviously due to an unfortunate situation with one of his teammates, but that's what happens in football. And see this excuse, ah, but you're young, they're young, you know, you know what you were like when you were young. Well, I'm sorry. When I was young, I no. wasn't a professional footballer getting paid thousands of pounds a week in a very privileged uh, position. That's Derek, the difference. It's no, it's, it's no even that, Derek. It's the, even the chance to be playing for Rangers in this season. Forget being a professional foot footballer and getting paid a lot of money. The, the position that the players are in at the moment, and as I say, for a guy like Patterson that's came right through the youth academy at Rangers, you cannot tell me that that guy is the Rangers daft. And I, I, I just find it absolutely ridiculous. There's, there's no way that I would put, put myself in that uh, situation if I was playing for Rangers and the chance to, to, to win the league. Quite incredible. It, it really is. It's, it, I've said it already. It's, it's un, 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 unforgivable, and especially now, the, the, the position that, that we're in. Absolutely stupid for the lot of them. Yeah, I mean, I don't see them being sacked, but I think they'll be shipped out at the earliest convenience. Patterson, given the fact that he's just signed a new deal, he's got potential value for the, the potential he's got as a player as well, and the position we, we need cover in, then he might might survive this, but, um, you know, I don't know, but we'll just need to wait and see. Celtic fans, as usual, calling for the league to be null and void. I mean, just <laughs> fucking how desperate do you get? Some of them yep. also, which was hilarious, claiming that the, SP, the, the SNP are clearly supporting Rangers by letting us off with us again it's no fair that we got hammered and pulled across the coals for going to Dubai yet once again their players are at a house party not even fucking remotely the same no, thing but never, nothing, never mind nothing at all like it Yep. Next thing here, Rangers announced a crackdown on counterfeit merchandise vendors and urged fans to buy direct. Uh, quite correct, as a lot of these people are using our name, logo and badge to benefit themselves or criminality and no money goes to the club. On the other side of this though, there are many items that the club don't make and there's clearly a market for, like retro tops and other kind of style of tap merch as well. Uh, the, I think as well though that even if it's out with Castor, the club need to be taking note of what sells and how to expand the brand. And yeah. also, as much as Castor stuff may be generally great quality, not everyone can afford a £100 hoodie with a, a yeah, Rangers badge exactly. on it. Yep. So mm -hmm. you need to be have that affordable range as well. Um, on the, the kind of kits note as well, um, we've announced a new kit sponsorship with Bitsy. I think that's his name, Bitkey or Bitsy Technology, who are a digital currency trading platform, so yep. a cryptocurrency type thing. Um, their brand will appear on the first team shorts. Uh, with the deal, we'll also have a Rangers fan token, which is a new brand of digital currency. Other high-profile European clubs have done this also. I have no idea what that's all about, to be honest. Um, Heart and Hand have stated that the deal was worth £500,000 up front and then eventually another £1 million. That's significant money for yep. what limited kind of branding it is. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, our our strip's going to be looking like a nineties F one car with all the branding <laughs> on it. But if it's if it's helped and invest in the squad, I don't really care. Exactly, Derek. We we said it time and time again, and I mean that's huge uh, figures for for such a small you know thing to do. So I get 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 it done. The 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 more money that's coming into the club, the better. Yep. More announcements here from the club. We've also partnered with NordVPN. I first actually heard about this uh, from a text in, in my group chat from one of my mates saying, Derek, it's good to see that the club now endorse your illegal practices of how you watch the games, <laughs> meaning the fact that I buy RTV and use a VPN. So I corrected them there and said that, you know, mind that VPNs are perfectly legal. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Next thing, Club 1872 have confirmed that they're looking to buy £2.5 million worth of shares in a share issue that is forthcoming. Dave King has also allowed them to suspend buying shares for about six months so that they can do this as well. So um, they've done an interview with uh, Dave King and Laura Falks of uh, Club 1872 done uh, an interview with uh, Mark Haley's podcast, which I haven't listened to because I don't subscribe to, but they did also do the, the Gallant Few podcast as well. So um, it's interesting it's certainly I'm still on the fence with it and I know that Laura came out with the line which is correct I suppose if you've got, you're on the fence then the only way that it's going to succeed is if you invest but I, I don't know I'm just still weary about the whole thing I don't know what your view is Dave I think we spoke about it before Derek you can see good and bad in both ways there's been and I know there's a, a lot of people have got uh, I'll not say I've got a, a gripe with Club 1872 but they have their concerns about it as well with the amount of uh, power that they'll have in, in the club I'm kind of one of these people though Derek that I am always weary of everything that's happened to us in the past and the more sort of Rangers minded people that are invested money in the club the better so again it's it's one of these things that we'll have to wait and see what what, what turns out, but but the one thing is, I would say that they had the clubs, uh, you know, the clubs' welfare at heart more than anything else. So you can only be thankful for that. Yeah, I mean, they, they did go on to say about the fact that the, the model is for investors and shareholders uh, not to keep having to top up investments to, to keep the club afloat and we are nearly sustainable with the European money and player sales, etc, which is you know quite correct, it's always yeah. the case of we've been burnt before, what if the yeah. investors do need to happen, will they have the money there? Also another thing they want to look and get somebody um, not, of a cl- not on the club's 1872 board, but a member on on the, the actual Rangers board as well, which could be forthcoming shortly. The thing about that is, is they can't then go go from a board meeting at Rangers, then disclose that to all the Club 1872 members because it's private and confidential yeah. information. So I don't know how that stands. Dave King made the point that the fact that he does have companies where he put somebody in place to represent his position on the board so where he's not able to attend board meetings. He says that's done widely in the various different companies but that that's granted but at the same time that's somebody dealing on but talking on behalf of Dave King. This is somebody who is talking on behalf of a, a, a massive support, you know 30,000, 50,000, a million supporters, whatever it may yeah. be. So it's slightly different that way. So that's my concern as well with the fact that they're attending board meetings and they can't really flu- disclose really anything that happens at the Rangers end. But we'll need to wait and see what happens. It's, it's powering ahead anyway. So we'll wait and see. Yep. Next thing here, Rangers have announced a partnership with Hamburg SV. Long-standing friendship dating back to the 70s where I actually thought it started with Alberts as well. So I'll need to read up my history in that one. <laughs> A number of initiatives have been planned between both clubs and the supporters, so a really interesting one there. I've heard Hamburg is a a bit of a mental um, trip away, isn't it? As as Derek, I've been there on a stag do, absolutely fantastic. And uh, I was there uh, when the World Cup was on. Germany were playing Ghana at the time, and we went to one of the big fan zones, and I had my Rangers top on, and the amount of Hamburg fans that came over and spoke to me was quite incredible. There was loads and loads, all all big Rangers fans that knew all, all about the team, and I mean that was when we were, you know, down in the, you, you know, playing in the, you know, second division. 
uh, football in Scotland and they all knew everything that was going on with Rangers and the troubles that, that we'd had and I, I was totally t- taken aback by their hospitality and everything just because I had my Rangers top on so it was it was great so I knew the you know the strong ties that they had I work with uh, a guy as well at work that's a, a, a big Rangers fan Derek and he's got quite a few close friends from Germany that he meets up with or, or he did before Covid to go over and watch the Hamburg games as well so you know there is a huge uh, a huge link there and you know that's it officially done now so I think it's absolutely fantastic uh, you, you know that the club has has recognised that and you know here's hoping that there's going to be something regular in the future I don't know if there's going to be f- friendly games home and away or, or whatever I don't know how, how, how they're going to tie it they've, they've, they've not been very specific in what's going to actually happen but if there is then that would be a fantastic away uh, or a a fantastic tri- trip away as a, like a pre-season match or something like that. So no, it's, it's excellent. Really, really good. And the latest round of court here in Sports Direct won a case to have files held by Dave King and Paul Murray disclosed in relation to our damages hearing. So I've no idea where that's going. I don't know if anybody knows where that's going just now, but it's just <sighs> a case and wait and see. I get a shiver down my spine every time those words are mentioned, Derek. The words of sports, sports direct and Rangers. It's uh, it seems as if it's n- n- never ending. Sometimes, yeah. And talking of court cases, the Lord Advocate has agreed that Rangers administrators' malicious prosecution by the Crown Office should be independently probed after an MSP has called for this. No idea when that will be, uh, but one of two things will be found out. If any wrongdoing did take place on the Crown's part, then why did it take place? And if there was no wrongdoing. Why was the compensation so quickly dished out by the new Lord Advocate? And it's exorbitant amounts that are dished out as well. All in, it's, it's turned around that all in, this could have cost the taxpayer over £100 million pound just for this one case yep. between lawyers, between court times, between compensation, etc. Add in the expenses for HMRC, basically pursuing a fictitious EBT figure, it's turned out. It's absolutely scandalous and I dare I say it, criminal what HMRC and what the the Crown Office have got up to in relation to all this something stinks somewhere, as I've said we'll probably never get to the bottom of it I think that's what's the most sickening part about it Derek is we just want answers we want to know exactly what's, what what went on, and as as you say, it's it's one of these things. It's either going to go on for years and years and years before we find anything, or it'll not happen at all. It's that's that's the, the most disappointing thing for me as well. That figure is just absolutely. It takes your breath away, Derek. The 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 amount of money that it's cost, you know, the taxpayer for that case, absolutely diabolical. Uh, and, and we just have to hope that you know we get more more uh, more answers than there is questions. You know when the, the latest findings cut come out, but I'm not going to hold my breath. No, absolutely not. Uh, last piece of news here I've got is um, just uh, everybody's probably seen it by now, but it was fucking hilarious. Bobby Bullock, the co-commentator for Hamilton TV, was sacked oh for telling fans God. about him going for a jobby at halftime. <laughs> And after coming back late, he told everybody that he had to squeeze it out. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Only in Scottish football. I think I put that uh, on my Facebook uh, at, the, at the time because I, 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 I put it in that. Only at Scottish football could you get a commentator talking about going for a jobby, Derek. Quite, <laughs> quite incredible. That 
in my opinion, should have been in one of your stories at the end of the pod. That's how funny that was. It was quite incredible. I think uh, the, the thing that I found most incredible about it was he said it first, then he said it again, and then he said it again after it. <laughs> he mentioned it three times during his commentary, which is absolutely unbelievable. And you can tell how embarrassed and uh, uncomfortable the actual co-commentator was when he kept mentioning it all the time. It was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So, probably. I mean, I mean, from he gets sacked. I mean, was it? Was it a wee bit, you know, TMI? Absolutely. But you know what? It's a bit of light oh, relief for what we've all God. been going through just now. I know. The subscribers to, to that channel are probably, you know, less than a couple of thousand folk. Oh. I can't imagine many people will be, be raging about that. It's a bit of comedy, you know. I think Hamilton need to lighten up. Um, oh, dear. But, Absolutely I, hilarious. I mean, when you think about it, Billy Connolly has made a career out of the word wee base jobby. Uh, exactly. That was my Billy Conley impression there, by the way. Oh, was it? I thought it was some sort of mad uh, sort of Chinese guy that you're doing an impersonation of there, but... If I'm leaving no, Conley, this will get taken off. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Didn't tempt him. Didn't no. tempt him. <laughs> so... Man claims he was looking for Saturn's ring when he was caught without trousers down in a lay-by. A man has been fined after claiming he drove 300 miles in lockdown to take pictures of planets from Snowdon when he was caught with his trousers round his ankles in a North Wales lay-by. Police were called to reports to two men lying on the ground beside the North Road in, oh in Betsweed Coed on December the 21st. When they arrived... Philip Petrick, age 31, tried to remove one of the police officer's face masks and asked, do you want to suck my dick? <laughs> he then proceeded to walk round in just his underpants, ignoring any instructions given to him, slurring his speech and appearing unsteady. He was taken to the local police office where to, to sober up and in the following morning, he said they had driven from Southampton two days earlier to go camping and to do some photography. <laughs> the great conjunction with Jupiter and Saturn was taking place during Petrick's planned stay in North Wales. He would have been able to see Uranus with an optical aid. <laughs> There's an irony for you, isn't it? But his arrest made that impossible because he had been ordered back to his home in Southampton. <laughs> Did you say that he was trying to see Saturn's ring? Yes. <laughs> so that's the guy's name, Saturn. Saturn. <laughs> oh my God. So he was effectively fined £745 for being drunk and disorderly, £500 for breaching COVID regulations, and the magistrate said, your actions on December the 21st, 2020, were negligent and reckless at the very least. You breached coronavirus regulations that had been put in place to protect people. Your behaviour potentially put local population at significant risk and cannot be tolerated. So, I'm sure there's a moral to that story somewhere, but... Oh my god. It's the fact that the report managed to get in Saturn's rings and Uranus and in, in, in it as well, Derek, which I actually I thought was quite good. So 
what I found strange is they never actually said anything about the second man he was apparently with there. So I don't think it was Saturn's ring he was was looking for. Aye, unless the other guy was called Saturn. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, on that note, on that note, we will end the podcast. <laughs> So, as ever, you can check our stuff out at iReadyPodcast.wordpress.com and there you can find previous podcasts and previous match reactions. So, Dave, it was, it's been a fantastic oh. night. Uh, just draining. I'm absolutely shattered now. Um, I'm going off to my bed and that'll be that. Fair enough, Derek. You you await your bed. I think I'll be going, going to bed soon as well. But, as you say, an incredible night in European football a fantastic victory for us again and I just hope it's more of a straightforward match in the return leg than it was tonight. We're winning this Europa, Europa League, Dave. We really are. What, what can I say, mate? What, what can I say? Here we go, off to Gdansk. Off to Gdansk. <laughs> Here we go, off to Gdansk. I'm, I hope and pray, Derek, that if that is the case, that the, the fans will be able to actually go that's it's. I keep saying it's the only thing I, I, about this season. It's so bad that you know the, the supporters haven't actually been able to get to the, the games to go and see it. So here's hoping by that point that they'll be able to uh, get, get travelling to games again. So fingers crossed. I just hope it's in Gdansk because uh, I'm going somewhere else then. If that's the okay. case. <laughs> yes, it's in Gdansk. I'll just check. So right. that's fine. Okay. So on that note, thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye, folks. Take care. We'll be back soon. And the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. So sorry about the. I hadn't pressed the button. I went away for a job at half time. Excuse my my term of language. And I've not pressed the wee button on. Welcome back. So apologies to anybody who have not heard me this second half. Uh, <laughs> You're speaking in the vernacular there. Speaking the vernacular. <laughs> apologies if you yeah. deem that bad language, viewers. Yeah, sorry. It was just a, a wee bit of poop, and uh, I was a wee bit late back over. Because uh, it was a, uh, I had to squeeze quite a bit. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just change the subject and get back to the match. But I forgot to press my wee button. So delighted to be back, we all. Football, Bobby, will 